I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. I got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. I got that nerd rage. Gentlemen and ladies, welcome back. It is the last Wednesday of the month. This is Nerd Herders. I am Dark Kent, coming to you live from the JLA Watchtower, high above the earth. My name is Craig Legon, and with me, as always, for our once-monthly gathering of geekdom and nerdum fancy, are my co-hosts. He is the dragon of the dojo and the leading karate instructor in the tri-state area. Mr. Damien Dragon, Damien Vargas, thank you for having us here. And next to him is his lovely wife. Um, Elvis Costello wrote a song about her because she's so amazing. And uh, we're very lucky to have her uh, this and every month uh, writing her book, uh, Tell Me All About Me or some words to that effect. Uh, the beautiful Foxy, Foxy. Thank you for being here. And Dan Colachico. So we are here once again because we've had a whole month of uh, amazing things that have happened uh, during this month. We're going to try to touch on all of them. We're going to try to touch as many things and people as possible without getting punched in the sternum. So I will turn it over to you, Double D. All right. So where, are we, so, where are we going to start? Where are we going to start? All right. We're going to do our usual roundtable discussion, and then we're going to go into our top secret main topic that only some are privy to. You. You're like the only one. I have no idea what the fuck we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Hence the word top secret. Fucking idea. It's called a secret for a reason. I don't know what he's talking about. I thought he said exactly. It's not like it's not like 
it's not like Dark Kent can tell us exactly where he's floating at other yeah. than the state. Yes. I'm not privy to that. Great, they're limited. I'm just a conduit. I don't get any special. In, I don't get any <laughs> special privileges. I only get an intro on this show. <laughs> anyway, so that being said, we're gonna go into our begin our roundtable discussion. All right, now starting out with again, gonna just kind of start from the beginning and work our way up to the top. And if anybody's got anything else, by all means, throw it on in there. All right, start it out. Apparently, uh, there was questions pretty much about where um, Robert Pattinson's The Batman movie falls in terms of the DC Universe. Well, that question got answered this month. Robert Pattinson's The Batman is actually set on DC's Earth 2 as a standalone. Now, uh, except for The Batman 2, which is set on an alternate Earth known to geeks as Earth 2, DC is plotting its films and shows to shoot the same universe. Key to setting up. Uh, its new status quo will be, of course, Flash, which re- re- releases on November 4th, 2022. Now, the reason why, to me, this is kind of newsworthy is obviously, you know, again, the main universe films are all floating around being made into a thing. What I find interesting, though, is so, like, this is going to be, I guess, like the, probably the first test run of them doing, like, spin-off one-shot movies, you know, possibly, like, you know, the Batman Who Laughs or stuff like that, what? They gave up on their own universe, so they started a whole new separate one. <laughs> uh, can I can I intercede real quick? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, and that, I, and that's I love this one up because, like I said, it's, I find it interesting that this one's standing alone from everything else that it's Earth 2. So, again, it gives it kids not laughing that it's Earth 2. Be quick! <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see how Craig aligns with this. Um, I will still see this movie. It's Batman. Um, but after that Justice League Redux, I don't give a crap. <laughs> I'm uh, and I'm not I'm not the Zack Snyder guys on Twitter like I need this now or I will fire bomb the studio. I see, I'm not that crazy about it, but I am kind of disappointed, almost kind of disinterested in anything else now. And it, it, and connecting it back to Ray Fisher, all of that stuff that got cut. Uh, from the movie with Cyborg that we're now not getting, which was included in that universe, which the Ben Affleck stuff, all that the Snyderverse they're calling it. I'm kind of like, as much as I want to see this movie, I'm like, eh. I, I, I don't know how you feel, Craig, but it kind of it kind of uh, killed it almost for me. Yeah, well, I you know I I kind of echo uh, Foxy's. Laughter uh, about it being Earth Two, and and I laughed just like you did when I found out about it because you went through all this trouble to finally establish yourself in a DC universe with some semblance of continuity with the uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, Wonder Woman trail. We have a we finally we have a cohesive thread, but now we're going to go this way, and we're going to bring Michael Keaton back, and we're going to have another Joker. Over here, I think if you once you establish you 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 finally have a foothold with the Snyder cut, so fans and the moviegoers have a place. Okay, well let's see where we go from here. Whether it be uh, a Ben Affleck standalone film, or we continue with the Nightmare universe we saw with uh, Batman and Joker and Deathstroke and Flash and post-apocalyptic DC universe. That's great. I'm all aboard. But they got so much on the docket now with not only Batman, but uh, uh, Shazam and Black Adam and all the other stuff. And the fact that they have a new Supergirl and they're gonna, uh, the Flash movie is going to 
Well, all the while, their TV shows, which you can use to set up your movies, which is what Marvel and Disney are doing now. You you put a series out on Disney, and that carries on into the next film. Like WandaVision goes to Doctor Strange, and like Falcon and Winter Soldier would go to Captain America 4. Or Secret Invasion, you ping pong it. But no, in DC, on TV, we have a Flash on TV, but we have a different Flash in the movies. We have established a Supergirl for seven seasons, but we'll have a different, well, create a whole new one for the movies. And you're, you're, you're spider webbing everything where you could, you, where you had the golden opportunity. You were never going to catch Marvel. Forget it. But at least you had a path. You had a one clear way. And this goes back to, what we've talked about, what I've said on this very Nerd Herders podcast, um, the biggest thing that's lacking between DC movies and Marvel movies is that there's there's no Kevin Feige. There's no final word. There's no one guy that says this is how this is going to go, um, and this is how we're going to – and there's no um, – to um, borrow a phrase, there's no end game for DC. It's like let's throw everything together, and uh, we'll worry about how it connects another time. But it makes it worse. They kind of made it worse by putting it out and going, okay, but it's still dead. I'm like, no. No, you can't do it now. Like, uh, there's no – as far as I'm concerned, even with the Ray Fisher stuff, which is not his problem or his fault, there's no reason not to go back to it. Exactly. That's just my – but it's interesting that you say that, Damien, because, like, not that I dismiss the Earth 2 stuff or ever would, but it's almost like putting in the movie thing kind of almost is like, well, what am I watching it for? Yeah, there's like no con- there's no they, continuity with, with anything. Like I said, it's almost like reading a one-shot book. It's they like, cheapened it. They cheapened the effect by saying, yeah, there's you know, it's Earth 2. I'm like, well, I don't care then. Yeah, yeah so, I, 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 like, so like, you know, do we take like Joaquin Phoenix is uh, Joker? Is that an Earth Two? It's something totally separate. Well, that's, well, that's that's what I heard, Dave. I heard that 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 Joker is going to be part of the Robert Pattinson Batman. That that right. the Joker belongs on that that Earth Two, and yeah. the Jared Leto one is a whole different uh, Joker. Yeah. So which I mean, it's, it's, I mean, again, I, I definitely see it as something interesting where it possibly sets up one shots. You know, I'm very much. I've gotten to become a very much of a a fan of the whole, like, Dark Knight's Metal thing and the Batman Who Laughs. I've gotten yeah, very much yeah. into that and everything like that. So maybe that'll set up one shot with that. But it's just like, it was definitely one of those things where, huh, did y'all guys lose confidence in doing it again? Did you guys lose confidence? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and all the public, the public back and forth between the former, the people who were running it when they were arguing with Ray Fisher, and it's all a cluster F in public now. Yeah. Like, it's, there's... It's too many. It's like kind of what Craig was alluding to. It's too many hands in the pot. Yeah. Give it to one person and say, "Okay, here's what we do." Whereas yeah, you have, I had a problem with it. Yeah, like you have too many people throwing things, and it's like there's no one person at the head of it saying, "Okay, hold on, we got to bring this together, right, and make a thing." And that's really what's hurting the whole DC uh, cinematic universe from getting traction and getting the fanfare that the Marvel universe has because everything sets up everything. You know, like, now the next level, the next phase of the whole Marvel things involves space, obviously, because you know, you got Secret Invasion and Guardians of the So it involves the whole space part portion. There you go. The space portion of the Marvel Universe. Everything bleeds 
into each other. And it's like, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard. Again, like, you watch a Marvel movie, you feel like you're watching, and no matter which one it is, you feel like you're watching the same universe. Whereas DC, you're just watching individual movies with nothing that ties together. And that's the shame of it, where they really can't get off the ground I mean, and get that traction. But, but the whole shame of it was just the initial, one, the initial need to compete. But also the whole need to, well, all these characters do come together. we got to bring them together. You know what? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you yeah. didn't have to have several movies to tie in bringing them together. Everyone who knows who the Justice League, you don't know, like, you don't need to know who the Justice League is to know who the Justice League is versus the Avengers to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, you needed a build up to an yeah. Avengers. You don't need a build up to a Justice League. So, like, the yeah, need. Which is what, yeah. Yeah, like, God. Which is, which is why, Foxy, I was just going to, to jump on your point. In, in uh, Batman vs Superman, they put all the as you know with Marvel, we we got to introduce each one of them first: Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and and then you put them all together. Whereas in Batman vs Superman, we'll put them all together first, and then we'll give them separate movies. Uh, and I guess for moviegoers, that doesn't work as well as you know setting up a singular film to get to a group film and then go back to the singular film. But they just said I got to put them all together, and then we'll give them separate movies afterwards. Uh, that formula mm. doesn't really work for DC, especially not the way they're doing it. I mean, Suicide Squad looks great, and I'm going to see it, but it doesn't set up anything else. What does it? It's just a yeah, standalone. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I know John Cena is working on his uh, his character from that uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, is going to be he's going to have his own show on HBO Max, Peacekeeper. But is that going to set up for another Suicide? Is that for another Justice League? It's and what and is that on the same plane as Justice League? I don't know. Right. I mean, but we're all going to go see the movie though, so they're going to get our money. But just some continuity would help too. Quick fire shot. I'm saying it right now. Cena and King Shark are stealing the Suicide Squad movie. Cena oh, and yes. King Shark. Are... <laughs> they're completely stealing that movie. The two of them are stealing that movie. Anything with the voice of Sylvester Stallone will will steal a movie. That's it. Yeah. And then just and just seeing the clips of what Cena's already put out is hilarious. So yeah, I, you know, after having this whole like cookie cutter good guy image in a lot of stuff, and now to do something like this, it's like, oh wow, yeah, this is gonna be great to watch. <laughs> and have you seen Cena? Every time he's done an interview on from the set of Suicide Squad, he's wearing the Peacekeeper outfit. So when he get his when his HBO series comes out as Peacekeeper, if he continues to do that, then that means he's really bought into the I'm not I'm not for kids anymore because Suicide Squad rated R, Peacekeeper on HBO Max is going to be uh, adult content, and if he does all the press for Peacekeeper in the Peacekeeper outfit with that human bullet dome, he's he's gone all in. That's the only time oh, I've seen a fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on, uh, and everything like that, really quick tidbit here. All right, so we know, you know, we're all excited. You know, G4 is back in some manner and been doing some things and, and stirring the pot a little bit. Well, they announced earlier this month G4 and WWE have partnered together. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, of course, for a video game competition show. Of course, and that, that launches um, this fall, and, of course, it's going to be hosted by Xavier Woods. And, you know, obviously, you know, up, up, down, down, and this, that success was a big, like, you know, launching pad for it and everything like that. 
So um, there's really been no other full details other than that. Obviously, we're going to see playing video games. It's supposed to be some sort of a competition series where, you know, that and everything like that. So it actually, it should be rather entertaining. And again, premieres in the fall. We still don't even know how G4 is exactly operating this. I'm assuming all of YouTube at the moment, unless they say different. We shall see. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay. Sticking with video games, uh, news on E3 2021 finally came out and about and around. Everybody was wondering how that was going to go this year. Well, uh, dates and details for E3 2021 have uh, been revealed. Uh, it's still going to be in virtual form this year. The dates are June 12th to June uh, 15th. Now, they do have early commitments from certain developers. Uh, already committed is Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, uh, Warner Brothers Gaming, and Koch Media. Notably missing, however, that people notice is uh, Blizzard, Square Enix, EA, and PlayStation. Because they've been doing their own thing separately. Right. Yeah, PlayStation's doing their thing... Tomorrow? They've been doing their things just consistently. Yeah. Like, yeah, but they're yeah they're having another virtual thing. I think either tomorrow or next Thursday. I can't remember. Uh, I think yeah. it's tomorrow. The WB Games uh, has uh, intrigued me though, because uh, last um, con we got a little preview of the Suicide Squad game and which holy Jesus and uh, and Gotham Knights. So I'm kind of hoping. Because I, 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 I'm planning to fully invest my time in the Gotham Knight. Like, it, it, I'm planning ahead of time. Because all the... It's funny because in the video game world, DC and Marvel are kind of flopped, right? Yeah. And I we got the Avengers game. We played it on this channel. Um, the camp, campaign was wonderful. I loved playing that. I'll play the campaign again. Um, the, all, the multiplayer was... It was a failure. It failed. It was stupid. It was stupid, and I and I, I wasted a lot of time on it. It was stupid. They're, they they have a chance, huh? What I really think about it was fucking stupid. Um, oh, okay. I didn't. You didn't say that before. No, no. no uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, so I'm repeating myself like an Italian. <laughs> um, so WB has a DC has a good chance to kind of take that. And go, okay, don't do that. We got some time to develop this. People still can't, a lot of people still can't get the PS5 or the next gen consoles. We got some time. So I'm really, really, really hoping this is going to go off like I think it is. Uh, and that, the Suicide I'm very excited about the Suicide Squad, but that Gotham Knights thing is where I'm, oh man. Um, those <laughs> Arkham games, and I'll even yeah, throw in cool. Origins. I know people crap on Origins. No, that whole series was excellent. I the only I could only the only thing I can nitpick about um, Arkham Arkham Knight was you had to collect all the Riddler trophies to get the real ending. But oh that, my god! Oh god! Yeah, it took me a month. Yeah, like, like, like great. Three, like, three I'm, months. I'm, I'm I'm literally at the point to like launch the last thing. But I'm hunting for the Riddler trophy before I do it because I want to get everything. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was the, that's the only thing I'll nitpick. But other than that, damn radio control, ba- the, the the remote control batarangs. That's like my war. I hate that one. <laughs> I see that. Go ahead, Chris. 
the remotes are a bad rain because especially when you have to get a charge first and then bring it oh. back and then guide it through steel oh. bars to hit a yeah, little bit Yes. And I'm looking at the, <laughs> Dave, I'm looking at the instructions again because I don't want it to get inverted. If I press it down, it goes up. If I press it up, it goes down. And I'm like, I'm like, thank God I have infinite battery because if I had like five or six, I'd be dead like in the first minute. But yeah, uh, that's the that's the thing that gets me. My favorite though is Arkham City because you could just everywhere you go, there's crime, and you could just go use the entire city just beating the crap out that, of uh, bad Ar- guys. Arkham City might be one of those games that's perfect from start to finish. I'll, I'll put it out. There. Yeah, mm. I played I that one five times. Play- me too. I yeah. even I'll even go. I even went back to Arkham Asylum and played as a Joker just because I hadn't done it before. Yeah, Arkham Asylum. So Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and the Ghostbusters video games are the games I played. Unwatchdogs, the first Watchdogs that I've played about four yeah. or five times in succession. Let's go. I'm Mass, gonna do it again. Mass Effect, Mass Effect Two, and actually I've been like keeping myself off playing Mass Effect since they released their, their the Legendary Edition. Yeah, release. yeah. So I've been depriving myself and fighting, putting it in. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to wait. Gonna anybody wait. Can, can anybody comment on this? The inspector just said, I'm not sure how I feel about the NetherRealm Marvel versus DC rumors. What am I missing? I haven't heard about that. I never heard about that either. The inspector, uh, text in the uh, chat, and I'll, I'll read a little bit. Thanks, in a little bit. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. Mm-mm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just to close out the E3 news, though, uh, really quick, um, they have confirmed, though, they are still planning to do in-person uh, E3 in 2022. We'll see how that goes. I mean, you know, you're, I, you're, I, I do believe 100%. Uh, Florida. Uh, they don't count. Yeah. Anything yeah, that well. happens in Florida doesn't count. Yeah, well, no, we're not counting Florida. I yeah. do believe Florida. by 2022 that there's going to be – there's still going to be some restrictions, but you, we're going to find a way to adapt to get – in-person events again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, the dumb people are going to have to adapt to just stick to the right thing. All right, moving on. Florida, Quick uh, Florida news is the note. Australian, yes, Florida is the Australian. Craig, very good. say that one more time. Florida is the Australia of the United States. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Moving on a quick news uh, note. Um, Sylvester Stallone has confirmed once and for all that he will actually not be reprising the role of Rocky Balboa in Creed 3. Uh, Stallone made a comic, comment on his Instagram confirming that he will not be back for Creed 3, which is currently in development under the direction of franchise star Michael B. Jordan. And it's set to hit theaters in 2022. But Stallone has a lot of other projects in the works, including The Suicide Squad, which we've mentioned. Uh, the S- Samaritan, which I've actually seen, which is also like a very, it's another kind of dark superhero movie. Uh, Little America, which I know nothing about. And, of course, The Expendables 4! Oh, jeez. <laughs> you're, you're the one. Oh, come on, movie, you know it's me. <laughs> I'm all about that franchise. That movie was literally written, the, the guy sat down, whoever wrote it was like, what can I write for Damien Dragon? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, who could I what, put in what it? Well, what well can I, yeah, what well can I keep going back to for Damien Dragon? <laughs> the, the Expendables well. You can ask her, it's like, it doesn't matter which one I was on, I'm like, oh, Expendables is on. <laughs> like, and she's like, which number? Does it matter? No, it not really. Matter. No, it doesn't matter. That's like Ghostbusters. Which one is on? Yes. <laughs> it's uh, on. Go back to Jim Spector. There are rumors that M- the MK gang is making a Marvel versus DC fighting game. 
<clears throat> not confirmed, but there's an article by uh, and Ed Boone has been plying stuff on his Twitter. Although he trolls a lot. And also, Jim Spector says, as someone living in Orlando now, he's not wrong about what Craig said. When, when did the article originally come out? If it was on April 1st, I'm not buying yeah, it. If it's on April 1st and because it's Ed Boone, I'm going to be like, nah. he, is a, he is a Genesis fan, though. I'll take that to my grave. Just to forewarn everybody, this is a very like movie heavy uh, uh news month. So that's why I'm trying to like like I tried to mix it up a little bit on our on our roundtable discussions yeah. here. Yeah, well, uh, we're we're I'm waiting for my cue. Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, in in the realm of video, jumping from video games to movies, <laughs> hashtag video game movies. Um, Eli Roth's Borderlands movie will actually not exist in the same universe as the game. As the game. Now, to expand upon that, um, I'm going to read right from the article. Eli Roth put one hell of an all-star cast together for his feature film adaptation of Borderlands. The uh, movie stars, the movie stars include Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, Zach Black. Edgar Ramirez and Florian Mantenu. Um, the movie is currently in production, and the story will follow Lilith, an infamous outlaw with a mysterious past. She reluctantly returns to her home planet of Pandora and forms an unexpected alliance to find the missing daughter of Atlas. Uh, quote, the Borderlands cinematic universe is not identical to the Borderlands video game universe. We are authentic to characters, tone, and style, but only allow for... Ident- uh, independent storylines. The mediums are not the same, so the content should not be bound to the same rule. So he's Resident Eviling it. Pretty much. <laughs> and this is why video games often, movies often fail. The yes. content is there. Like, it really is. My, my, my good friend Jen, uh, Ronica, and then take right back over. My good friend Jen, I've known for many years, just came right into the room, didn't say hi, just as you were talking about the Borderlands and what was going on. Go, Borderlands movie's gonna suck! Um, she also, got, she also said, "Missing daughter is a siren." Mm-hmm. Mm. But go ahead, Foxy. Sorry. I didn't get to play through a lot of Borderlands, but I do know a lot of it. So I like spoilers or whatever. I don't really give a shit about. I mean, casting with movies is always something that's like an issue. But just alone in the casting of like the lead character Lilith being Kate Blanchett, it was questionable already. I just I hate okay hate strong word okay I hate <laughs> can't think of another one. <laughs> you have the material. There are like scripts for these games, and you don't have to follow exactly as is. There is room for interpretation, but to overhaul something entirely while keeping in the same universe is like, oi, what? I, my point of order, and I know this is going to make some people cringe, and I understand why. And the perfect example of this is video game movie is Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Slight interpretation. And I, know, and I know the movie was a terrible movie, but... I think it ages better than people realize. There's a lot of people on Twitter like, you know, I've seen this movie the first time in 20 years. It's not as bad as I remember it because that is the thing now. That cyberpunk dystopian thing is the thing now. And Mario Brothers movie was like, yeah, we're going to do that with the Mushroom Kingdom. What? 
<laughs> in 93, the most horrible mistake that was ever made, but now it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like when people do a fan, it's like they, they recently did, they recently did, because they recently it did. It does, it does. <laughs> they recently did, uh, like, a Super Mario Kart Fast and the Furious trailer, and it was like... I just made him die, sorry. <laughs> it does, it totally does, which explains why Bob Hoskins and, and, and John Leguizamo were plastered. I don't care. Fuck it, I'm getting a paycheck. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Fan film vibes. I need, uh, well, uh, guess what? If there's not a Mario Kart movie that's Fast and Furious, I'm going to be mad now. I know, because like I said, they did originally the fan trailer, like, I think it was like last week, it was a fan-made trailer, but again, it goes into that whole thing. It's like, yep, <laughs> it's, who knows? Anything's possible. For, for, a future, right. uh, nerd herders, for a future Nerd Herders show, can we do the top movies that were based on video games, because that list has got to be shorter than the movies that were, the bad movies that were from video games. Because I uh, maybe can tell right one how, how, many good, how many how many good movies are based, were based Zero. on video games. Zero! You wouldn't even put Resident Evil in there? No! It's a great... Wow. I, I think Resident Evil... No, no, I like the movies. I think Resident Evil falls okay. into what uh, Foxy was saying, where the... It's a great fan film. Yeah, the interpretation yeah. is large, and there's yeah. 60 of them, or <laughs> 70 of them now. That doesn't make and them they're rebooting it. Yes, and they're rebooting it again. If, yeah. uh, if they do it like the first game, and they just do it with the dialogue, oh my god, it's, cr- it's Wesker, or, you know, whatever, the, that, then sign me up, but... Those movies are fine, but it's just like, yeah, but it falls under the wide net. Hmm. Very big umbrella. Okay. <laughs> Very, yeah. Just ah, so reading chat at the same time. Uh, the Street Fighter movie would <laughs> wow. fall. The Street Fighter movie I'm would. Uh, high five. Yeah, ain't really, nerds. Okay, um, we're not gonna have it. This is this is next month's topic. We can't do this now. We can't. Uh, do this. Uh, I got it. I got it. Write it down. Foxy, promise me, write it down, because I will forget to write it down and then forget to do it at all. All right, so next month we're going to do our picks of top five video game movies. Our own list? Yeah, why not? I guess, yeah. Compare, compress, and shit on each other for it. (laughs) It's a ten-minute podcast top. (laughs) Well, who knows what one person likes versus another might create for some good debating. (laughs) We're going to curse each other out so much. Friendships will be lost and burned that day. Jen, I just want to let you know that conversation is going to come up next, so hold on and get ready to comment about Mortal Kombat. All right. Okay. All right. Moving forward to some toy news. Now, Hasbro had, like, a really big, you know, reveal of a bunch of new toys, which, you know, Transformers, they look amazing, da 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 but the biggest one they revealed was at the end, and they did it with a special video presentation with Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. You didn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, okay. oh my God, um, this thing was incredible. Um, Hasbro, uh, it pretty much it's um, it was at Pulse Fan uh, Fan Fest that they they showed this and everything like that. It's basically a 19 inch tall self trans forming Optimus Prime. Okay, we've seen this before, you know, people do, but it goes further than that. This thing comes with 80 sound effects, um, rechargeable battery, 
Um, you know, again, it's it's uh, it's the most. It's basically made literally by a robotics company. It's not made by a toy company. It's made by a robotics company. I forgot. I think it had over two hundred servos or something like that in an annihilator. It's like ridiculous. You can program it. There's a phone app and everything. And the best part is, it came out and everybody went, "Oh my god, I want this thing. I need this thing." And after Kevin uh, Kevin Smith's video came out, they released the official like commercial video for it with that low price tag of six hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so so Hasbro, go go fuck yourself. You can't afford not to buy it. Yeah, right? What a deal! What a deal! We'll put it right next to my PS5. Yeah, we'll put it right next to my PS5 and my new Xbox. GM Spectre says, bad news, a robotics company is Skynet. No, no, it's not Skynet now. Who came after uh, Skynet on Dark Fate? Cyberdyne? No, no, no. There's. Has anybody seen Dark Fate? The the last no, one. I did. I which okay. Yeah, I did. So 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 I can't say out loud what they do, but it's kind of gone and it's Legion. Is it Legion? Pretty sure it's Legion. Probably. Okay. Sorry, I was trying to be a nerd and go with a deep reference. Never mind. <laughs> trying to be. So yeah, so for have the seven hundred dollars, you could have yourself the most amazing Optimus Prime toy ever made. Or I could have a a PlayStation 5 and 6 games. Or you can really think so for, for $700, you think so? You know how much of things are going for right now? Nah, never mind. <laughs> not $700 anymore. Listen, listen, Dan is not, Dan is talking in the third person now. Uh, I'm not that desperate. I'll wait for the holidays and I'll pay regular price because uh, scalpers can only get this. Exactly. All right. Well, moving on, it's funny that you had mentioned uh, Secret Invasion, so I have a little bit of Secret Invasion news for you MCU fans. Amelia, Game of Thrones is Amelia Clark has joined the Marvel Secret Invasion movie. Marvel Studios and Disney's upcoming Secret Invasion series cast, series, not movie, series, cast uh, Game of Thrones alum Amelia Clark in a mystery role. Uh, Game of Thrones and solo Star Wars story stars Amelia Clark has joined Disney Plus and Marvel Studios, da, da, da. Uh, yeah, so basically, there's a secret role and everything like that. Any guesses what that secret role will be? I was thinking she's like the lead scroll. It's been so long since I've I read remember you read it. it. Yeah, it's been so long since I read Secret Invasion to even try. The only, if she's still blonde, the only thing I could have came to the conclusion of was the original Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. Carol Danvers, but... That comic book verse, that was her thing. There's a whole new Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. So I'm at a loss. I yeah. Don't know who that would be unless it, unless was heavily involved in Secret Invasion. My okay. speculation. My speculation. Is it the finger? The finger? Uh, my speculation is that uh, Amelia Clark will be uh, Abigail Brandy. Abigail Brand, I'm sorry, um, who was uh, part of the um, – and also, uh, did you announce that Olivia Coleman was also going to be in Secret Invasion? I did not. I did not. Yeah. You did, Olivia but you Coleman, just did. I just did from uh, from The Crown, and these are all speculation um, that Olivia Coleman uh, may be a queen uh, Varank, the queen scroll. Uh, Abigail, uh, Amelia Clark would be Abigail Brand, and uh, 
is Allie Ashton, who is in uh, Orange is the New Black. She's rumored to be playing Moonstone. The only thing we know for sure is that uh, Kingsley Benadir, who played uh, amazingly Golden Globe-nominated uh, role for his, his portrayal of Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, he's going to play Super Scroll. That's the only thing we do know. Uh, the, that Kingsley Benadir is who, the guy who played Malcolm X in One Night in Miami is going to play Super Scroll. Wow. My 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 guess is that Emilia Clark is going to play Abigail Brand. Uh, for those of you who don't know Abigail Brand, um, she was part of the um, uh, resi- uh, resistance, but also a major part of the Skrull uh, invasion. As long so as Ben Mendelsohn's in it, I'm okay with whoever is doing what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we already know that Samuel L. Jackson will be in it as well. Of course. So Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. on, on yeah, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson on TV every week. What's you know lead with that? You know, Amelia Clark is great, but a Samuel Jackson TV series, Nick Fury. I I still can't believe I live in the world where he was on Agents of Shield, and he wasn't just like yeah. five seconds. He's in the last part. Of, he's in the last commercial break of that episode. Not only does he save the day, but him and Colston meet back up again, and then. And I'm sitting in there just joking around going, (laughs) (laughs) talking much to yourself. It's okay. I'm fine. (laughs) It's a clip. (laughs) He caught it. (laughs) All right. A a name that we haven't mentioned in quite some time or anything like that is um, former WWE superstar AJ Lee. She made – Okay, so for those who don't realize, she's been really, really, she has been really busy, like extremely busy since leaving the WWE. You know, other than her, her, her book, she's been doing a lot of writing. Um, she's writing a Dungeons and Dragons comic book alongside with one of the co-stars of Lucifer and everything like that. And the two of them together have just been uh, tagged and hired for something pretty major now, moving forward from the comic book realm. Uh, former WWE superstar AJ Lee to co-write the, uh, the sequel to 47 Ronin. Um, Deadline broke the news on Tuesday that former WWE star AJ Mendez, then known as AJ Lee, will be teaming up with Lucifer actress Amy Garcia to write the script for the upcoming to the 2013 Keanu Reeves film 47 Ronin. Uh, Mulan's Ron Ron Yoon is set to direct the film. Like, I mean, like, kudos to the Jersey girl, Jersey girl dorky chick that we knew from out here. Like, who'd have thought? Like, I I mean, she took the WWE by storm, and and you know, you want to talk about the women's evolution? She was the women's evolution. She, you know, there was Mickey James before her, but to really set it forward into a women's division, she and she called everybody out too the night they gave her the pipe bomb to just do what she wanted and say what she wanted to feel and say what she was feeling and everything, but like. To go from that and leave behind such a thing, and then like you know, like so unlike so many others to kind of like departed, and that was it. Like to find her niche in the writing world. Oh, Who knew? <laughs> the way she's done is like <laughs> awfully inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Former lady wrestler yeah. writing a book with the jersey. <laughs> what it's jersey? It's incredible. Oh, God. It's like they're it's like they have their own subgenre for for former wrestlers. Jersey. It's like they have the best stories to tell, I mean, apparently. Exactly. But like nevertheless again, and to think like this is all happening. she's still relatively young though. I think. She is. I mean, 
not only that, but prior to the Dungeons and Dragons comic book that she took by storm. Yeah. Oh God. Her and Amy like yeah, killed that thing. She was apparently. also co-writing the Glow comic book. Yes. Which uh, was a spinoff from the Netflix show itself. So it started with that. Then it delved into Dungeons and Dragons, and now to be offered this, atop of the other work that she does, because she is a huge advocate for mental illness and awareness, and she's always like hosting, you know, the virtual seminars with others and um, um, what is it, like author readings of authors writing books for those with mental health. Like she's a huge advocate for all of that. So to do all of that on top of everything she's doing creatively to reach this height of directing that, of not directing, of writing a goddamn writing. movie is absolutely inspiring. Oh, yeah. To many. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I, again, not just some run of the mill movie. Like she's writing like a major motion picture. Uh-huh. Like this is yeah. huge, you know. And she really is like the story of the little engine that could. Like she really is, and everything. So AJ, kudos to you from back home in Jersey. We're like proud of you <laughs> and everything. All right. And my final little tidbit, because uh, I'm going to just chip can the other ones. No big deal because they're all WWE. But uh, <laughs> WWE has, has announced a, par- a partnership with Crunchyroll for their first anime project. And uh, Dan went, what? <laughs> and I like that. So while this wouldn't be the first time wrestling anime uh, that we've seen, this would certainly be the first that we've seen coming directly from the largest professional wrestling organization in the world today. Crunchyroll, uh, which was purchased by Sony Entertainment recently, is a prime option for WWE when it comes to creating a new anime series or anime films, as the streaming service is one of the biggest in the world today. Uh, while there is currently an animated Rey Mysterio series currently in the works that's landing on Cartoon Network, which I saw looks actually pretty cool, uh, the upcoming project appears to be unrelated as things stand and may focus on other big-name superstars. So WWE is, like, really, like, ex- Expanding on that whole entertainment aspect, to say the least. No, they're expanding on a demographic. Oh, yes. Because something like along the realms of, you know, reggaeton rapper Bad Bunny, atop of anime, which would fall into the manga, that's the demographic that they need, which is, you know, the young adult demographic to get back in and watch. So that's, they're pulling from the little pop culture thing Mm -hmm. from that age group to pull them in. Have fun. Good luck. Japan, Japan, jumping into that anime realm is not easy. Uh-uh. That is not an easy culture to satisfy at all. Very difficult. And that's all I've got. And I know Dan's been champ- chomping at the bit for something. So, Dan, go. Nah, no big deal. Just some uh, footage of the uh, new Ghostbusters movie came out last week. And uh, I wanted everybody else's thoughts, because then I will give you my thoughts. I'll go last. Um, are, we, are, we, are, we, are we talking uh, mini Stay Puffs? I just, I don't know if we're talking about the mini Stay Puffs, but we might be talking about the mini Stay Puffs. You know, yeah. he's way too subtle. He really is. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, I am all about the mini state puffs, and um, I don't know if you saw my interview, and this specifically goes out to Dan because we were talking in private, where you were like, you know, you're not going to need one; you're, ne- you're going to need many. Uh, apparently, they have already planned for that in terms of the toys. 
Yeah. Where it's like a canister thing with slime, and you get different ones in the can. There's all these different ones. There's the burnt one. There's one with a head. There's like a whole bunch of other ones. Yes, I am all about the mini Stay Puffs. I think they're awesome. I think they're absolutely awesome. Yeah, I think they're 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 called blind boxes, where like you buy the little barrel, which looks like a little container of marshmallows, and you don't know which one you get. Yeah. So it's going to be like a frenzy thing. Like, I can't get 20 of these and see what I get and resell the other ones. Um, Craig, did you see the footage? Yes, I did see the footage. Okay, I, I know you happy. Oh, you were – okay. I was wor- that That I was, is the guy I was worried about. I was like, Craig's going to hit no, I, yeah, No, I, I saw the footage, and I was very happy for you. That was it. Um, here's the funny thing. There's a funny thing? There's a funny thing about it. Um, I have watched it 15 times because I cannot get over the little state of pulling himself down the skewer with the happy look on his face like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that has me rolling. But here's where my brain went. And, and Kelly, I was having this conversation with Kelly. Kelly's like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I'll indulge you, but please stop. So I was going crazy because, uh, you know, the conversation online is um, where they're just cashing in. And uh, I've been looking for that for uh, – hold on. I have to – everywhere, everywhere, GM Spectre. Sorry, I couldn't get my words out. So I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Did the original Stay Puff manifest in a grocery store around the corner, join back up into a giant Stay Puff, and then walk around the corner? Because that's where my that's the short version of where my brain was. Because I was like, oh, maybe they're going to – because I'm speculating. I'm like, so if the little Stay Puffs pop up, and they end up together in a big giant Stay Puff, because we know this is all manifestation of Shandor and Evo Shandor and Shandor Mining. And obviously, Egon went to this place on purpose in this particular town. He didn't end up there on accident. He died doing whatever he was supposed to be doing. And then the elder goes, especially goes, ha! So that was my last week. <laughs> so, um, I just. You have a board with the strings and everything plotted out with pictures. Yeah, that scene from Charlie in, in the Always Sunny, that was me last week going. Yeah, um, I, just, I just pictured you a beautiful minding it, Dan. You yeah. saw all the, the words and they just said, Ghostbusters, stay puff, drool, <laughs> and it all comes out. Um, I'm very happy with it. I know there's a lot of people that aren't because they have no souls and are boring, miserable people, um, says the guy drinking out of Stay Puff Mud. But um, I was very happy with it. And maybe part of it was the music because it's, it's one of the old cues from the first movie. Um, seeing Bill Murray laugh about it 
a man who was for years thoroughly in need of a sense of humor. Yeah. Makes me, um, cheers me up a little bit. I'm, less, I'm not worried about this movie. I wasn't worried about 2016. I saw Bridesmaids and Spies. Uh, Spy, I wasn't worried about it. And I'm less worried about this one, um, which is good since I wasn't worried about the other one. You get my point. I, I Like, I'm just, at this point, uh, I'm ready. And I know they're heavily, heavily campaigning it as one of the main movies for the returns to theaters at uh, towards the end of the year. And listen, I'm fully vaccinated. Um, I have to go to physical therapy anyway, so by the time November comes around, I'll be seeing the goddamn movie. I don't care anymore. Um, and the rest of you can stay away from me if you don't have masks on. Um, I'll be seeing it multiple times. Um, I need that cereal and bring back Ecto Cooler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I have you yeah, I sent you Ecto Cooler. I was about to ask if you actually tried the real Ecto Cooler. I was about to reference old nerd herders when you made the homemade Ecto Cooler and I was like, Wait, have you tried it? Yes, stupid. Because you sent him her them some. No, I I actually have a, a thingy. Please. Do you Oh boy. No, no, no. This isn't a bad Deal. thing. This is something I a like question I that I've had but I wanted to ask you because you're you're the dude. So, I'm the dude, think, man. Do you think the mini Stay Puffs will actually make the final cut of the movie, or do you think it was a very, very clever marketing ploy to get interest back in, considering it's been pushed back for so long? Because right now, like basically just some fan service. Because right now, baby versions of things that are cute are in Baby Yoda. Baby Groot. So it's like it'll bring, it'll reel back in the people's interest. Go, oh, mini Stay Puffs. The way it's not I, in a negative way. No, I know the way I am to understand it. That this was written into the script in 2018. The way all indications from Jason is this is in the script. This is in the movie. This was always in the movie. Um. The problem was is there was the cereal got released that had the mini puffs on them, and there's a bunch of other merchandise coming out throughout the summer and the holiday season that has the mini puffs that were kind of putting the cat out of the bag. So they were just like, here, here's the mini puffs. It's already out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because toys, like we, we mentioned that last month, how like toys seriously are spoiling movies left and right now. It's like, how about you do old school, like the toys don't come out till after the movie? Just a random thought. I just, you know how hard it was as a kid to get any of the toys from Batman 1989? Couldn't get your hands on the Joker for months. I never actually ever had my hands on a real Captain Picard for a Star Trek Next Generation. I always had to settle for like a dress uniform or something. Because you now it's like, hey, here's some mini puffs. What? 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 What's it from? Can you settle down? Can you, I, I do I do miss the toys coming out after the movie. And I know, like, people can say, well, this year was different because of the pandemic. No, it's been for the last 10 years, maybe even longer, where the toys are coming out before the movie. Craig, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, the one exception to that rule was the, the, the toys that were just released this past week of uh, the Falcon uh, in, in Captain America. 
Uh, Stephen Colbert actually had on his show. He Anthony Mackie didn't even know it was out. He didn't even know he had one. Hey, um, he showed it to Anthony Mackie for the first time, and his face just lit up. But they they exclusively, and that's one of the things we we're talking about spoilers. They released a a, a a picture of the toy before the series began, but they didn't release the actual I mean, toy until. This week, it was like we all knew that that's what it was building up to. This was literally yeah. the bridge, and we actually that was after I was done, and I am done. So we go right into that since it's over and you've seen it all. I would like to discuss it. Um, we all knew any rational person knew that this was going to be the bridge to the new Captain America. That we we're going to take this little journey to get from Steve Rogers. Hey, I'm blanking on his name now. Damn it! <laughs> to uh, Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson. Sam. I was like, Sam, Sam, I, um, that this that this is what this show was going to be about, and his buddy, and, and Bucky. Um, yeah. But more importantly, the, we all knew that this was the end of the journey. There was no need to release any toy or any image of the toy before. Zero. I hate that. I hate that shit. And I know it's all about merchandising and getting as much money back for the money you spend on the movie and the TV show. I totally get it. But, God damn it, wait one more month. That's worse than any spoiler alert on Comic Book Guru's <laughs> website. <laughs> I, still have to, yeah, that, I still can't believe <laughs> Two theories, and I still have to fight that, um, that, uh, that stigma. Uh, I, for those of you who don't know, listening to Nerd Herders, I run a comic book uh, Facebook fan page. And after a weekly TV series like WandaVision and, and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'll put up pictures, not of the episode, but just of something, of an image or uh, something from that episode that's not spoiling anything. It's just a picture from the show that we all watch. But I get nothing but. Oh my God! Spoilers! How could you? And oh my God. I'm forced, and and I'm forced to defend myself. And thankfully, Dan, I also, I, since I've made Dan an administrator of the the page, I, I've got a lot of help on that because he does. He's as incredulous as I am when I post something that's not a spoiler. I posted the the very tender scene between Isaiah, Isaiah um, Washington. I'm sorry, um, Isaiah Bradley, and uh, and Sam Wilson. About how what he went through, Captain Steve Rogers did the exact same thing, but Isaiah Bradley was tortured and forgotten, and Steve Rogers was hailed as a hero. And I just put up the graphic side by side how they both did the same thing, but were punished. And not only did you know the whole racial thing—that's a whole other thing—that Marvel was just baiting us because they made it up for the for the show because they want to prove that they're woke. Never mind, it's based on an actual event that's based on an actual event that happened, that took place in our country. But mm. the fact Stop that... Stop bringing race there, into it, Craig! Yeah, that's my fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but when I put that, that up, that Isaiah Bradley, Steve uh, Rogers comparison, I got yelled at for spoilers. It's like... A, that's not a spoiler. It didn't ruin anything about that about that episode. B, that's from a story that took place eight that was written eighteen years ago about that, Isaiah Bradley. This is what makes me mad about that comic book page. And and and, and just to, to update Foxy and, and Dragon and everybody else, every post now, every one of them. I took a break today, 
But every one of them now, when Craig posts something, I will post. Spoiler! Just because it's pissing them off because they know they can read it. Oh, come on. I literally just saw Craig today. All he posted was, hey, new handmade tales up. And I literally saw in a comment someone go, please don't spoil it. And he oh had my. to comment, I'm not. I'm just letting y'all know new episodes are up. I'm like, I, I literally saw it on Facebook today. I'm like, do y'all not So you feel my pain, Fox? You feel my pain? Here's what drives me crazy about the comic book thing. This is the, it, it falls in line with the same discussion we have where, you know, the stories can't always follow the, the, the original uh, source material 100%. But in the same time, the same argument they're using is spoiler like, you've read the book. <laughs> it's been out since 1986. Just an example here. What are they spoiling exactly, you schmuck? Also, again, okay, those are yelled spoilers are, are not um, are not innocent themselves of doing it. Everybody's done it at one Everybody point or another. Yeah. But, but in the same right, you don't want spoilers? Stay the hell off of social media and everything until you watch what it is you want to watch. It's not that hard. Take this, use it for texts and phone calls, and then put it down. That's exactly. it. And stay and off until you see what you want to see, and you jump on. And, Dame, the, the person that will argue with me on this thread for, like, two hours, the time you spend arguing with me... You could have seen the episode. Did, did I comment that? I said just think of the time yes. it took to have this conversation. You could have watched the show already. Exactly. Uh, when I used to, when when HIC was in his infancy, and we used to live tweet together the live WWE shows and pay per views. A certain group of people from a fan, a certain group of fandoms from a certain company in a state below Jersey, ragged on me on Twitter to tell me to stop spoiling the live event. That was on pay-per-view. And I just was like, anyway, Sting came out. <laughs> I was like, nah, nah, not doing it. What you guys should do, I mean, honestly, at this point, you make the post, right? You know, so it's not to spoil it. And, so, and put a little notation. Check the time length of the show. Like, check the time length of, of that episode. And put, just so you know, we'll be discussing this further in X amount of minutes in detail. So you have X amount of time to stop bitching about it, watch it, and then we're going to talk about it. But even Craig will wait till the next day to post this stuff. It's 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 driving me. It, it's but crazy. I would do it. I mean, that, that would be it is, And it's driving, you got me, an hour. it's driving me crazy that, that I run a comic book site, but I got to wait after I've seen it to, or, uh, in a certain amount of time while I'm looking at every other site that's posting stuff and posting shit or big stuff that's happening. Um, I know right now we're in the sweet spot. Uh, we just finished uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we have another month, another seven weeks until Loki. So we're, I'm just letting you know now, when Loki comes out, after every episode, I'm putting something up about that episode that's not going to spoil a goddamn thing. Go ahead, Dan. So my question was, now that we've gotten that out of the way, mother effort, uh, <laughs> your, your, your thoughts about the series? Oh, I, well, this I love you guys. That. This is all you guys. You, you didn't see it, Dave? No. No. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'm going to spoil it for you. Um, it was like, <laughs> no, it, it was like, <laughs> we don't care. We'll watch it when we want to watch because it. If you tell us, that's fine. We know. 
one, I have the memory of a goldfish, so I'm going to fucking forget. But two, even if I do remember, I still want to visually see it because explaining it doesn't know justice. You need to see the acting. We just talked about this. Didn't we have just a fun one with you like a week ago or whatever like that? One of your great blonde, bleach blonde moments? Absolutely. <laughs> Which I can't remember what it is, but I know it was a good one. Nevertheless, you were saying. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, I, I was... and, and I feel everybody should encompass. But point is, is spoil whatever the hell you want to spoil. Go you for it. <laughs> Uh, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier was uh, excellent, absolutely um, wonderful. Uh, it was moved, from the very opening scene, the first five minutes of the first episode was movie quality stuff. That's the only time I really wish to God I was in the theater because that, that the action sequence, uh, flying in and out of helicopters, um, absolutely amazing. And uh, we, like we just got through talking about, it, this is based on source material that happened and that was set up in Endgame, which came out two years ago this week, folks. Happy anniversary. Uh, we made it. We made it. Uh, uh, but when Steve gave the shield to Falcon, this was the next step. So Falcon and Winter Soldier was just the Falcon's uh, eventual uh, path to Captain America. Slight detour with the uh, son of Snake Plissken, Becoming Captain America first and becoming simultaneously the most hated man in America. That's some uh, of a bitch. I, <laughs> that's a testament to how good Wyatt Russell is, or or even just how much people didn't want him to be Captain America. I don't know, but the guy got hate mail for doing his job, so that's got to be fun for him. Um, but everything was great. But the thing that came, the two things that came out of it was not only Wyatt Russell's character, U.S. agent, which they can do a whole other series with that. And Isaiah Bradley's story about the first Captain America, the first black Captain America, that could be another series or just a straight-up standalone movie. Uh, another thing that they kept under wraps, just like they did the toy of, uh, of, Cap of Falcon as Captain America, was they announced, they specifically announced that the Captain America 4 movie is already in the works. Um and that it's going to be, it's already got a director, and that could be the continuation of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That will be Sam's, uh, Anthony Mackie's first uh, starring role as Captain America. And we'll see all the players we, Bucky and John Walker, and uh, one of the great, <laughs> one of the gr great hidden surprise cameos in any Marvel. Enterprise, seeing Julia Louis Dreyfus show up in Captain on the Falcon and Winter Soldier, completely blew my mind and blew everyone's mind. Because now you have to understand, we live in a we live in such a inclusive. We can't get away from anything. I mean, we just I we just found out. I don't know if you noticed it, and you're going to put this in movie news. Damn, that Russell Crowe is going to be in Thor and Love and Thunder, and he even gave away his role. He's going to play Zeus. Uh, and we've already, I've already seen pictures from the set of Thor: Love and Thunder, so I know who the the surprise guest stars are going to be. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, they gave that away. Um, and um, if you, did you see? Did you guys see Ragnarok? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you remember? Do you remember when they did? Uh, they did a little funny sketch, uh, acting out Thor and Loki, and it was Matt Damon, uh, playing Thor. Yeah, yep. they're doing another. They're doing another one of those in Ragnarok, and they already showed who's going to be in the sketch, and they showed pictures from the set. So again, we already know 
pretty much everything. This was kept so far under wraps that nobody knew that Julia Louis-Dreyfus was going to be in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So well, she spoil it. Who is she? Uh, she plays uh, Valentina de Allegra uh, Montana, uh, who in the comic books is Madame Hydra. Uh, and Holy in the shit. Comic she, had a, she had a relationship with Nick Fury. Uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, she's, she's like the anti-Fury. So yeah. remember how we, we first met Nick Fury? He was putting together a team. Well, in this, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as a... Uh, Valentina, and just call her Val, but don't call her Val. Just keep it in your head. Uh, she's putting together a team with uh, John Walker as a former Captain America U.S. agent. So that could be either the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts. So mm. we get that going forward. Oh, because you still yeah. got um, 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 William Hurt's character on there. Yeah, Thunderball Rock. We still got Zemo and yeah. uh, Zemo uh, dancing, uh, dancing Zemo, who is his own meme now. Uh, he's at the he's on the raft, which we saw we first saw in uh, Captain America: Civil War when they locked up all of our favorite heroes. Um, well, that's run by Thunderbolt Ross, uh, William Hurt's character from the first Incredible Hulk and from uh, from Civil War. He runs the, the mm. raft, the prison. And in the comic books, he puts together his own superhero team called the Thunderbolts, and they're anti-heroes. So, again, we have all the characters in place, so that could be a fun, the Thunderbolts, could be that, or it could be Madame Hydra, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We also got the return of Sharon Carter, who we last saw in Civil War. And what? she's got a she, – yes, Sharon Carter returns in Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> and we find it's the first time we've seen her since, since Civil War, and she's been off the grid doing her own thing. And uh, she may or she may or may not be the power broker, the main villain in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But at the end, because she helped save the day, she was granted her agent status again. So I'm up for seeing another Agent Carter series with this Agent Carter, with Sharon Carter, as opposed to Peggy Carter, her her great aunt. Awesome. So. There, no, no, no. I was going to add. The, I, I don't even care that the, I, I missed. There's two things I missed. Dreyfus showing up and, and Sharon Carter. And I don't even, like, I'm not even mad. Like, uh, now I'm just going to power through these because I'm halfway through episode two and I just stopped because I got distracted. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna head, uh, jump head first. So the, 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 the end game thing. Here's what I just discovered. This is how out of touch I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a deleted scene um, with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, and an older uh, Morgan, Morgana, his daughter. Oh, I I didn't. Oh uh, yeah yeah. When he was part of the uh, the Soulstone, yes. I didn't know that. So did you, ever, did you see the? Okay, did did you see the deleted scene between him and Tom Holland? Uh, I think so. When he actually, Okay, <laughs> man of this fight when they first time they've seen each other since uh, since he got snapped. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that I see. this one I yeah. either forgot about or it's not on the Blu-ray. I can't remember, mm-hmm. so I have to go back and look through because I'm like, I don't remember this existing. So I cried all over again about Endgame because I didn't see that scene where he just is like, oh, because you're Morgan. 
And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like it's the twin scene when Thanos does the snap and the young yeah. Gamora is standing behind him and goes, what did it cost you? Everything. There's another version yeah. of that after Tony goes, I am Iron Man and snaps. And he's there with his daughter. And it's kind of like a thank you. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, he's breaking already. But I can't decide what makes me sadder or gets me crying more is the Tony death, spoiler alert, or the dance between Peggy and Captain America. That was set up. She's already got her head down. Yeah. Ever since Professor X, she's just like, with Marvel done, she's like, I can't do it. I can't oh, do it. God, so I just... Every time that they, they that the camera pans in the house, I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine but, now. But do you see how important it is to have a plan? And Captain America: First Avenger, which came out in 2011, they talked about having a dance. We'll never get that dance. And 12 years, I'm, I'm sorry, almost nine years later, the end of the whole thing was Steve Rogers and Peggy getting that dance. That's you 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 go from connect A to B and connect it all the way to Z. DC That's don't have that. <laughs> yeah, it's got, and it's, it's such a, it's a little a tiny little thing like that, like a dance. Yeah, keep, yeah, keep, really, keep, and really, that, that, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. Literally at the beginning of the show is bringing it back to like and, and like I said, that that's TV series. Thinking. That's not even movie thinking. That's thinking like a long-running TV series. Kind of like what I said yesterday. I'm not going to go into details or what the title of the show is, but like I was saying yesterday where the main character died and mm -hmm. it didn't dawn on me until they were showing like, you know, clips where it was like, okay, he said this, foreshadowing it word for word four seasons ago and said it again, and I didn't pick up, okay, now he's actually dying. Like, Wait, it was, what show is this? Dan's <laughs> doing that on purpose. <laughs> Can you just tell me? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> listen, we talk privately. I'm not over... They can go F themselves. Because it's such a chick show, but I don't watch it for the chick shit. Listen, fuck you for Denny Duquette, okay? What you did to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you'll never be forgiven for whatever network that was on. What you did to George, you will never be forgiven for. Yeah, but I didn't even get past yeah. that. Get to it. I'm, I'm still not over that. I need my TR Knight, baby. <laughs> TR Knight. I forgot that was his name. Double, yeah, 007. Uh, 007 for listen, before, before we move on, do we want to talk? Do, can you guys take over for a little more combat review real quick? Sure. I know. She, go, go, sure. go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Sure. Let's let lead on this. Go. All right. Go. Now, look, the general consensus when it comes to the Mortal Kombat reviews, from what I've been seeing, is some people absolutely fucking love it, and then others absolutely hate it. The ones that love it are sitting there like, y'all expected a plot out of this, and then the other people <laughs> are just, you expected that, though. So, in hindsight, the Mortal Kombat movie was good. There is no denying that. The Mortal Kombat movie was good. However, uh -oh. there was a lot of ex 
exposition where a horrible it, story. It was part of it, <laughs> but there was so much exposition that you're sitting here watching it, waiting for the story that never happens. Yeah, which is Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um. The lead character, the creative the, character of Cole. They, they created a character as a catalyst for the movie that is not in the Mortal Kombat lore at all. And the that character, like much created characters for, you know, cartoons or TV series based off of popular franchises, fell completely flat. Wow. And, and this is from a, not just a Mortal Kombat fan standpoint, I'm talking even... From a writing standpoint, a movie standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, it that his character fell flat and was unnecessary to the story as a whole. Some of these casting picks were <laughs> problematic. Uh, they, they, yeah. they, they did better casting in Street Fighter with Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, that's uh, garbage. <laughs> Certain characters. How dare you, Dan? Next month, how dare you? Right, I'll just get garbage. Let people hate me. I don't care. So the the characters of Shang Tsung and Liu Kang are two of the main characters in the Mortal Kombat legacy from the very first goddamn game. Shang Tsung is imposing. He's intimidating. He's scary in a sense. Conniving. Yeah. Devious. Like all these traits. And the actor they got to portray him. Um, <laughs> was none of that. Okay. That's yeah, like, not well. Shang Tsung, like, like, the character of Shang Tsung, taking, even, you know, negating the original fantastic actor that played him and everything, and nothing against that, but seriously. Like, the character of Shang Tsung is that when, when you're listening to him talk, you already have it in your head. Can I really believe any word this guy is saying? Or you're sitting there like, yeah, he's going to fuck me over. Yeah, and you didn't, know you didn't get that from this character yeah. at all. Like, Shang Tsung is a snake. He's like, you know, you you know he's going to, like, you're just listening to him. You know it. It's like, dude, you're going to, it's like, yeah. and it just wasn't and there. The way the actor acted the character, it did not come off. And just the casting of the character, it didn't even come off visually that he was, conniving and sneaky and just pure evil. Same can be said for the casting of Luke Hang. I'm not a fan of that character to begin with, but the act, the casting on him was very, uh, this is going to be hard to say without getting crucified, very feminine, very feminine, you know? And... I mean, uh, he looked like an Asian Michael Jackson. Um, yeah, he looked like an Asian Michael Jackson. You know, yeah, like Michael Jackson like, after all the bleaching. And like physique-wise, martial, like, martial arts was great, but like just facially, like you really didn't see him as Liu Kang. Or as like, like a strong okay. warrior that's been through some shit and picked right. to be the one. Like he didn't even exude that. At, I mean, granted, he was trying to play it humble, but in the same right, like there, there, there's, there's a line between playing it humble being strong and playing it like the little bitch from the original Mortal Kombat. It, it, it didn't... We're called over playing the little bitch. Yeah. 
just it. it was the way some of the acting was that made it go oh, maybe yeah. these originals had a little something to it yeah, i mean and there was a lot of fan service there was a lot of fan service you know they even they they, they even they goofed on the cheese move and everything like that and the cheat codes and, and the cheat codes fatalities were amazing yeah but like but, missed opportunities uh again spoilers people spoilers we yeah, were doing it um <laughs> You know, when they have their unravel their whole big team plan of it, they go to the, the, the pit. Yeah. They go to the pit. So you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. And then it's like. Missed opportunity with using the pit, the, the pit as a stage fatality that you've known since God knows which game. And major, I mean, I give so much kudos to the writing to explain how they're picked for the Mortal Kombat. Dude, that was clever. That was good. how their abilities came to be. So that they're more than just human. So know, it was great. I know you liked the origin of Jax's arms. I know you- yeah, the origin of how Jax got his arms in this movie made much more sense than anything than ever done. Anything they've ever explained for him getting his robotic biomechanic arms, you know. And it's just again, there, it was a lot of just exposition. So you're watching it and you're intrigued. You're like, okay, this is this is good. I, lo- I love learning this. This is awesome. And you're waiting and you're waiting. And then it's like, and uh, then it's the end. And you're over. like, what just happened? Um, and I ain't gonna lie, like, there was one or two points where it just lost me, where I was just like, here's my problem with all of this. Um, not not you guys. You're not the problem. The first Mortal Kombat movie is a good movie. It's not bad at all. Like I don't understand. I don't understand this. That fucking movie sucked all of a sudden. I'm like, it did. It was fine. It was, it was good. good. Well, I the it wasn't bad. I jokingly pick on Christopher Lambert because he's the goddamn Highlander, and they casted him as the Asian god of uh, thunder or whatever Raiden's supposed to be. Which, which, by the way, the casting same thing. The way they wrote out this character for Raiden in this, oh, yes. horrible. Uh, but like it's like it's still it's Christopher Lambert. He's Highlander. I like I totally get why he's that guy in that movie. But we talked about the actor that played Kano last time. We were talking about this movie coming out. That movie is well casted. It holds up. The guy who plays Johnny Cage is fan goddamn tastic in that movie. So to see people all of a sudden crap on it, and then the new one comes out and they're like, eh. I'm like, Haha, see, eh. it's funny you mentioned Johnny Cage because he's got something on that one too. But the, the fact that he's not in this fucking movie. Well, even before I get into that, they use different characters other than the normal ones, which was great. The character of Kano was the movie. Yeah, he was the be- he was the most entertaining the part. The character of Kano was the movie. He, of he this carried- one. Yes. He, oh, he that's carried- great. That's good. I, I love Kano. Yeah, he he carried the movie. They wrote his character to what Kano was. It was absolutely perfect with the quips and even his vulgarity was just perfectly placed. And oh, he was he was vulgar, he was yeah. gross, he was like he was he, he was, was everything. He was everything yeah. Kano should be. Yeah, Kano is not redeemable at all. <laughs> and it, it's funny cuz he was the one character I was actually worried about going into this because he didn't really look like Yeah, like he really didn't look like Kano, but he played the part amazingly. Act, yeah, acting-wise, he was absolutely great. It, it, it's similar to like when Hugh Jackman first played Wolverine. When you saw him in the movie, you're like, that's Wolverine? But then he spoke and he did the character, and you're like, uh, that's Wolverine. <laughs> uh, real quick, I just want to catch up. Uh, Ghost, uh, Ghost Wolf says, hey, Foxy and Damien. 
Um, DJ says, I don't like fighting movies where the only one main character really knows martial arts, and he also wanted to say that Johnny Cage was awesome. The original Johnny Cage. Sorry, I just wanted to catch up real quick. That's fine. Now, then with the whole Johnny Cage thing. Don't break my heart. There's several things. Uh First and foremost, everyone wants Johnny Cage. It was, you know, um, not spoiled, but teased teased that that he would be for the next 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 film. Whatever. Cool. Mm. And right now, everyone in the fucking world is campaigning for The Miz to be Johnny Cage, which I disagree wholeheartedly because... As I was telling my friend Squirrel, does he look it? Sure. Could he act it? Sure. Maybe. But at the end of the day, the whole part of Johnny Cage was he was a martial artist that no one thought was a real martial artist. And he was a, considered a joke, yeah. And if can the Miz act like he knows martial arts? Probably, but you still need to know martial arts. Yeah, and and coming from, like, I've said this for years. Miz throws the worst roundhouse kicks I have ever seen yeah, in my yeah. life. That's a basic kick. That's a basic kick. And you're allowed and, to say that. Yeah, I'm allowed to say that, exactly. So it's like, okay, and you know and the funny thing is he even like he you know, he's he's really pitching and pining for this role to the point for the point where they even like kinda Easter egged it into their match this past Monday where like it went for like see when he went jumping, he was like, ah like they basically mimicked the whole Mortal Kombat thing from the movie. And revolving around the leg sweep and everything. But it's like, acting like you said, yes, but like, you want to see real martial artists. And that was the one thing. They did have real martial artists for this one. And it, that was kind of cool. And but, or fighters. And or fighters. Yeah. But it was just like, <sighs> and And even beyond that, like, you want to tease Johnny Cage for the next film, that's fine. You guys want to campaign who you want for Johnny Cage for the sequel, that's fine. A sequel hasn't been greenlit yet. Even though they're planning, they are planning for. I'm sure. I'm sure though. I know there's going to be a lot of movies that came out during pandemic time that are probably going to get second chances or a sequel because studios will be like, "Well, it was pandemic. Let's try again." That's just an assumption. That's just my assumption. Between all the campaigning and all the teasing, and then the way that this had had its flow and literally was just left off. For a sequel on purpose, I think was just a little overzealous, and there should have been a wrap up that can be unraveled for a next. I think going into it with the with the notion of yeah, there's gonna be a sequel is just a little. I, I think that was just high, yeah. high hopes because it just felt undone. Uh, I was going to say, um, I saw the movie, and I defer to you two because I never played the game. I don't know the characters outside of what they look like, so the exposition for me was great. I didn't know that Cole wasn't a thing until you guys just said so just now five minutes ago. I thought he was – I thought every character in here outside of the the wife and daughter were part of the game. So getting all that – uh, exposition was leading all up to that was great uh, for me. I enjoyed the film. I, I exactly what you said. I, I echo. It was a good movie. Um, I don't. Again, I'm not a Mortal Kombat authority. I came in there completely blind, blank slate, lump of clay. Mold me. I want to hear. I want to see a good movie. That's the only reason I'm watching this uh, because it's very popular, and I want to see. 
this could be, and I went into this watching it, this could be the best movie based on a video game of all time. I don't know. I've got to watch to find out. And I enjoyed it. Got my attention because I what and because I wasn't as invested as you, Dame. I I when I was on my phone, it wasn't because I wasn't interested. It's was because I actually got a text. So I it wasn't <laughs> like I wasn't on social media while it was on. It's like because I wanted to see what and I I love the fighting. I love the stunts. Um, I I did, the one thing I got I know from more combat is the the um, the catchphrases flawless victory or get over here. Like that, I popped for that sitting on my couch. So I can only imagine if that was in the theater, in a full theater full of Mortal Kombat fans, I would have popped them too. Is the uh, song in it? No. Sort of? It's like a remix version and it's not that catchy. It's not the very last fight and it's very faint. It's yeah, it's like very low key faint. And he's like, oh, that's the song. You know what? I'm not going to fucking see this movie. Fuck him. <laughs> Yeah, fuck them. Well, like, again, from a movie standpoint, watching it as a movie standpoint, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was more so like when I when I made the phone reference. I mean, for me, honestly, there was like a point or two where it was just like, okay, and I just got bored. And it wasn't a Mortal Kombat. It was just like, all right, it's just too much. Yeah, action. but you 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 come at it you come at it from a a, a different background. Yeah. You come at it from an experience in martial arts. And no, it's just like, again, I have nothing against the martial arts. The martial, the martial arts in it was fantastic. Yeah, Even with adding, like, you know, the wire effects or whatever else they did. The martial arts was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy that plays Kano obviously has no martial arts background, and they worked around that, and they played up to that, that he had no martial arts background and everything like that. Yeah. And it was actually done very well. But for those that were supposed to be martial arts characters were all, are all incredible martial artists. Um, the one that plays Scorpion, I don't remember, he was in um, The Last Samurai, the one that's trained Tom Cruise's character in the movie, yeah. you know, that beats the hell out of him. That was him yeah. and everything. So he's got he also Samurai in, uh, back. Yeah, he was also in uh, Endgame. He was um, that Hawkeye killed. When yes. He was, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was good. The other guy that plays Sub-Zero is actually from... Um, uh, the Warrior series that's based on Bruce Lee's writings. And he's in that show, and he's a fantastic, fantastic is martial it, artist. Is it Hiroyuki Sanada? Sen- I don't, Sanata, I don't I know. He, he's one, he's, like I said, what are the cast members? But the one comment Thank that you, they DJ. about him, the, he, the one comment they gave about the actor that played Sub-Zero, which hasn't been said since the days of Bruce Lee, ironically, is they told him to slow down because he was going too fast for the camera. And everything like that. So that says something in terms of his guy's martial arts ability. DJ said Joe Taz, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw the name up. Joe Taslim is Sub-Zero. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, they actually told him, alright, this is fantastic stuff, but you gotta slow down, you're going too fast for the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we can't, uh, we can't record what you're doing, can you, uh, can you ratchet it back a little bit? I can't do that. From a movie standpoint, I can watch it as a movie standpoint, but again, it was, it was a well point, though. Again, it was just so much exposition that I was like, okay, I'm just bored. And it now. was good exposition. It was good. It was just it was so much. I, I think Mortal Kombat would fare so much better as, like, uh, an HBO series or as a Netflix series because there's so much. So much. There's, there's so much. I'm going like, to say that my, there's, like, a whole lore now, right? Oh, you guys. Like, there's, there's, there's a whole lore, but to the point where, like, you know the joke, you know, these X-Men timelines are so confusing. 
Mortal Kombat's got that beat yes. in terms of its philosophy, <laughs> history, and but, but timeline and universe. Yeah. I mean, even so, this is the like I said, this is the first time they really explored again how they get their abilities. It explains how you're chosen, why you're chosen. It really explores something that was really never mentioned in any of the lore before. And again, I loved it, but. Again, once we got to the towards the end, it was like we're at the end already. Like this is something I feel could be a, a series as opposed to a movie, because then you could really get in depth with the exposition, pull it all out to like the season finale where it's the big big fight going on. Like it just seems it seems crammed yet short at the same. Like, I'm trying it, to, it feels like, okay. It, I can't the, explain it the, right. The best way I could say it is like, okay, you know how like they unleash a movie and then they put a prequel movie like they did with Star Wars. This feels like they put the prequel movie out before the actual movie. <laughs> oh, great! I can't. I'm so excited to watch it this weekend. <laughs> so that's it. it more so feels like that. Fun. No, it's a good movie. It's you a good movie, fun. but it definitely feels like I just felt left unsatisfied. Yeah, it was like we were expecting one thing, and we got it, literally it, it, the prequel. It, it, we it got teased, the prequel. It teased the whole the whole badge area. And left me utterly unsatisfied, and I would probably have to play the video game just to, you know, make myself get there. Just the, just the climax? Great. That's awesome. There's a highlight. <laughs> so, listen, if the if, if the show, if the movie or show doesn't have a, an Abacab reference, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> that being said, I think it is now time to say goodnight. No, I'm kidding. Now, we're going to get to our main secret topic yeah, of the evening. Yeah, what the hell is that? I didn't even, I forgot we even had a, oh yeah, you didn't tell me. No, I forgot we had a secret. <laughs> I you know, Fox, you, you really got it. What is the concept of a secret, folks? <laughs> yeah. What is the concept of a secret? And Fox, you really got to start coming to the pre-show meetings. This is getting embarrassing. <laughs> I'm too busy binge watching Grey's Anatomy. Sorry. <laughs> again, Fuck you Grey's Anatomy. But, but again, the, 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 the secret. 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 We're married. So, we have no secrets. We uh, did tonight. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. I, I got news for you, Foxy. <laughs> now you go in about a minute. All right. Now, our secret topic. Since it's been a hot topic on other podcasts and everything, we figured why not have it on the one place it really should be. In the largest news of the month, in regards to the nerd herders, Miss Foxy finished the first draft of Did her you book. Did you discuss this with them beforehand? Yes, yes, absolutely. I yes, yes. Message. I think that I was I was at the pre-show meeting. Nobody mentioned it in our pre-show meeting meeting room. There was another pre-show meeting without there you. Was another pre-show it was meeting. Room. It was a pre-pre-show meeting. Yeah, it was. The, it was the. It was the. You know that you were you know we were talking about the pleasure parts earlier. This is the pre come. Yeah. <laughs> this is the foreplay. Yeah. yeah. This is a double so, probation. Meeting. We figured. We figured. You know, other people have had their chance to hear from you and everything like that. But what better place than our own home on Nerd Herders and allow your Nerd Herder family to 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 get into the mind and the progress of, of like the one the feelings. And everything like that of finishing it. <laughs> Plus, this uh, gets me out of doing an HIA interview. The editing and everything. Yes, okay. I want to know about the process behind 
the upcoming memoir, Tell Me Who I'm Supposed to Be. Exactly. Uh, so since I have been here writing it out, I am allowing Dan and Craig to take the lead on the questions and everything involving this subject. So in tonight's main topic, we're going to be talking about and congratulating and celebrating the fact that you have finished the first draft of your autobiography. Oh, God. Okay. Or your biography. biography. So, welcome, Nerd fans. If you're just joining us, although I find it hard to believe, the star of the show tonight is our very own Veronica Vargas, who has just finished the first draft of her upcoming biography. Tell me who I'm supposed to be. Okay. A life lived of manager, valet, wrestler, wife, mother, all rolled into one dynamite package. Um, so many questions. My first one will probably be, first of all, congratulations. And more importantly, I can tell you I'm proud of you till I'm blue in the balls, but it's only important if, if are you proud of yourself? Are you proud of yourself? Jesus Christ, the show's taking a turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I don't finish it. And that's that's not even a joke. Like, oh, I know. I, if you're binge watching Grey's Anatomy, I know you don't finish it. Okay. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, no joke. I usually would find something and then quit. Like, you know, I was in. I mean, stemming back as far as like high school, you know, I was in choir for about six years of my life, and then I just randomly quit. And I was in marching band for a few years, and then I was like, oh fuck this, I quit. And even jobs, I would enjoy it for a few months, and the fuck you, I quit. So, uh, to actually say I was going to write the book and finish the book was a feat in itself. Because again, I usually give up on things rather quickly because I don't ever see an end line or I don't ever see it uh, going anywhere. Even though I had that thought many times while writing it, and I wanted to stop quit because. You know, what's the point? But, no, uh, finishing it was a very proud and surreal moment. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, can, can I ask you, where did the uh, – well, I have so many questions. Um, I want to ask them now because I want to save it for my own show to, like, have, like, a separate couch and stuff like that or me in one chair and you in the other. Um, Dan, did you have a question before I hog up the whole thing? <laughs> so yeah, because I don't have a show I need content for. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I'll do both. So I finally, in the Dreams finally, it took me fifteen fucking um, dreams do come true. Bullshit. I swear her name was Veronica. Um, there, I did the reference this time. <laughs> so, um, in light of. Wrestling Twitter today, which you've mostly stayed out of, but I'm sure you've read. Oh, I have. <laughs> um, by the way, that, pff, well, sit tight. I'll update you after the show. In light of what we've talked about on the show before, last year when Speaking Out happened, in light of the stuff that's been coming out today, can you reach back in your memory and not be – bitter about things and not be angry about things again or how you were treated. I, I, listen, Fred, we all know wrestling's not great with women, indie wrestling especially. We've been seeing it happen mm -hmm. for years and years and getting it ignored, and now it's finally being brought to the front of the 
Fuck it. Is he tr- checking Twitter? Just go to my Twitter, Dane. <laughs> Just scroll down my Twitter. Um, can you write a book like that without the outside influence of what's happening now? Like, is there... No, I know what you mean. Does it change your mind? Um, Put me on the spot, Craig. No, You know what? Like, when uh, speaking out helped with the book a lot <laughs> because at first I was kind of glossing over a lot of the shit that did happen to me because it was still a little fearful. Because, I mean, even though, even though some of the people that are mentioned, like – no one's going to fucking know these people, you know. Some of these people were just live and die on one indie company type of people. So no one's really going to know them, but I was still very hesitant to even go there. So I was glossing over a lot. So speaking out helped with that process of fuck it, you know. I'm I'm not doing this to purposely out people, but I can't hide it, and I can't just, you know. It happened. Exactly. And, like – in writing it, there was shit that happened that I completely blocked out of my memory. And I it didn't pop up until I was, like, mid-paragraph. I remember writing about my uh, my first real boyfriend in wrestling, uh, Dave. No one's going to fucking know who he is, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> so I'm, I was writing about him, and he was, like, my first, quote-unquote, love I guess you could call it toxic as hell. But I'm writing this thing, and I remember sitting here like, holy shit. And, you know, Damon came up, and I was kind of, like, floored. He's like, what's up? I'm like, I just remember Dave hit me in the ring and passed it off as just, you know, being in the match moment. It was like, no, you hit me. Like, I locked it out of my memory. So the, the speaking out thing really helps with, reminding me of shit and not forgiving those people but forgiving myself I guess you could say for you know letting myself get consumed with it afterwards and and letting it dictate who I was and you know where I was taking my life and the decisions that I was making because it was like okay yeah he hit me and Back then, I kind of was just like, oh, but, you know, it's fine because he loves me. And, you know, it was just an in-ring thing. It was an accident. I'm just going to go home with him later. It's fine. But, like, now I'm like, oh, you dumb bitch. He's dead now is what you're saying. In a sense, yeah. So (laughs) it allowed me to forgive my younger self for a lot of the things that I would do afterwards. Like, I forgave myself for being in that on-and-off two-year toxic-as-fuck relationship and – you know, it, it's been weird. It's been really weird. But it's been therapeutic because, again, these things I didn't know that I forgot. Or, you know, things popping up to write about that I thought I was totally at peace with. I was not. No, there, were a couple of, there were a couple of times I, I came up or I came in from the gym or whatever like that, and then she's like, I was like, you've been crying. What's up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's uh, it's been an adventure. And light sharing moments, too. Like the one time we had the revelation and the one thing we spoke yeah. about, you were like, whoa. Yeah, and writing, see, luckily I chose to write about it from 
the past point of view and not with like hindsight being 2020. Now, how do you yeah. do that then? There, there's a um, question. How do you shut off? How the, how the hell do you shut off somebody as outspoken as you are and yeah. shut that voice off and go back to your child's, your, your younger child's voice and write from that perspective? How as a writer do you even manage that? Cause I'd be bitter as shit. um i don't know like i know how to get into that place again you know i i put myself back there by listening to certain music and you know looking up certain like videos or tv shows that were around during that time to literally put me back in that place and Trying to write it like like the the ex boyfriend for example like I could easily write a million things about him now and just fuck him fuck this I should have seen this coming I should but like again it was just I guess the whole forgiveness part of me that made me write it from back then to talk as me back then and for me to read it and go. It's okay. It's okay, 17-year-old Veronica. It's, it's okay. You went through it. It's cool now. Like, and, and might I just say, like, again, even though I live with, like, I, I had found, I didn't get to tell you, but, and again, some of the stuff I'm saying to you is the first time on it, and I'm saying this. I found that, like, so, like, incredible, and um, the ability to be able to control that, like Dan was saying, to, to separate it and and not write it as someone who's experienced it, but write it as someone who's experiencing it, so to yeah. speak. Like you, you more like a dear diary. Like it, like the way you wrote it was more like a dear diary in the moment, mm-hmm. as opposed to like any other biography, uh, autobiography of someone talking about their past in the past tense. Like you wrote it as you were living with it, which is again, it's, it's that's so different. I mean, of writing, of writing a, it. a part of I think because a part of it sees. A part of me sees it as fiction because it's wrestling. Well, yeah, because Foxy, Foxy Dreams, and Foxy Foxy are me, but they're fictional parts of me. Yeah. So, to a certain extent, I almost see what went on while I was those characters as fiction and not real life. Hence, the title. Tell me who I'm supposed to be. I'm living a fictional life, but the fictional life is my real life. So. And that's what I meant, folks, not by fiction, so calm down. <laughs> so See it now. Yeah, separating the two. That's hard good. to do. It's like, okay, I'm going to write this fiction piece, but it's not fiction. It's a huge yeah. So I guess my the final question would be is what's the next step? Because you, you, it's your first draft. How do you go through? And uh, because even though it's a book of nonfiction, you still have to weave a story. How do you go through and leave out a story now, especially now knowing that you're writing as your past you and not you, 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 you? Give, give me the track. Is this Dan Aykroyd's, uh, is this a Dan Aykroyd size yeah. treatment? Are you sure you just want yeah, just one? give me the one. Just give, give me the know. one. Well, <laughs> okay. So first draft is just, I just wrote. I didn't fix anything. I didn't wonder if this was too long or too short. I just wrote and wrote and wrote. To get so, in printing it out, and I had to like put it into two separate things. This is the first two sections. The other two are over there. And you see all the tabs here, and 
it's hard to see, but there there are pages that are literally just completely X'd out because in rereading it, even though it is just my life, there's stuff in here where it's like, all right, well, this whole piece here is just unnecessary to the story itself. And, you know, for a while I had a hard time explaining exactly what the memoir was other than just my life in wrestling. But in in rereading it, getting to the one core thing, it's just a matter of this is the story of where I could be the villain to you or I could be the victim to you. I'll let you guys figure it out. And how how much did it cost you to print out your book at Staples? Mind you, how much regular basic paper is it's very cheap at Staples. Regular basic paper is very cheap at Staples. $73. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, the editing, the, the <sighs> self-editing and revision process is actually a lot easier than writing it out. Because, again, now I let, get to look at it from hindsight and go, okay, so this whole piece here of me explaining something about, like, say, the, the, the podunk town that we were doing this show at is unnecessary. I could whittle that down to a sentence, you know? So, like, there's one whole page gone. I didn't have to describe how the winding road looked in the middle of the night. You did the George R. R. Martin describing everything on the, on the table. <laughs> I did. That's the thing. I, I went in with, like, severe descriptions of people and places, and it's like, all right, some of this is not necessary. Let me find the core of it and just break it down. So... My, uh, <clears throat> since as someone who wrote about his own life, uh, once upon a time, a long time ago, and I had to recall my life of television. And like you, you use music, I use TV to, uh, inform my, uh, writing about my life. How I use porn. In the 70s and 80s. That's also great, uh, Brian. My question, though, uh, for you, Ms. Vargas, if that is indeed your real name, um, was what is there a story that because um, I went, I did the same thing. I feel the same when I did something happen. I and I and I wrote it down. They go, oh my god, I just remembered this happened. Um, I've done my show so many times, but I was I completely had blocked out a time when one of my white teachers singled me out after we all saw the last episode of Roots. And I was one of only two black kids in the class, and she singled me out as to, oh, you're so brave, and you're so courageous, and why do you read the announcements? And, you know, and no one laughed at them. Never pay attention. Look at it. Look at Craig. Everyone pay. And I completely blocked that out because it was at the time I thought I was like everyone else, but it turns out I wasn't. I was different. Was there a story? I do have a point to this long-ass question. Was there a story? Was there a, something that happened to you that you couldn't wait to tell? That you couldn't, well, oh, I got it. This is God. Like, when you when you decided I'm going to write in this book, I got then this story's going in it. Like, I can't wait to tell this story. And when you did, was it hard to write it down? Because I've told, like, the remote control story I told you last month, I told a story a hundred times. But I had to write it down. Oh, my God. It took me forever. But was, was there a story in this book that you could not wait to tell? You couldn't wait to share with us? Uh, yeah, a few. Um, one of them being uh, the downfall of a company that we worked with called JCW. Mm. Oh, because wow. 
Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you, story, you got your own book. Yeah. Well, the the story of how it began crumbling and how we were ousted was a story no one knows and never really knew how deep it went down. I mean, it was it was a time that included like, you know, my wrestling best friend at the time, who ended up marrying my best friend from high school because I introduced them to each other. He was like a pinnacle point in our lives. Like that deteriorated and and crumbled, and it was believe it or not, with tons of like betrayal and backstage bullshit and and. Uh, Ending my I don't want to say sexual misconduct, but like, but yes, that sexual misconduct, and wow. you know the, the the guys in the back trying to get the females to do things they didn't want to do, and pinning the females against each other until we were finally like, yo, we actually like each other. Like the the downfall and our outing of JCW was a story that was never told, mm-hmm. and it was one I never really told much until speaking out either because like we still had ties to wrestling you know while he was still in wrestling i had to keep my mouth shut mm-hmm. i on purpose i didn't want my big mouth to fuck up what he was doing while he was still in wrestling you know right and then afterwards you know it was also a matter of we're still friends with certain people so we didn't want to burn those bridges at this point fuck the bridge i will rebuild <laughs> one myself so I couldn't wait to write down the whole sordid tale of what happened with JCW because it started up on such a high, mm-hmm. ended on the lowest of lows. I got my revenge, though. You did, and I wrote about that, too. I got my revenge. You got your revenge. And, like, all the things that were later revealed during that downfall when we were on the high, where it was like, oh, so we weren't on a high at all. Y'all were just, like, playing us for fools. It was, it was uh, insane. Aren't, aren't, aren't you glad a scumbag like Brett Lauderdale's bringing it back? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one story I couldn't wait uh, to get out. The, Boy, what timing. I know, right? Uh, the other one on a happier note is mm-hmm. the whole... The whole tale of Damien and I. Oh my God! Because oh my God. I need I need hotness in my book. Well, because our the way we got together just sounds fake. It really does. It really does. It's it wrestling. Was, it was a blind the story. Yeah. The story. It was like, wow, and yeah. it, it really is the stuff <laughs> fucking fiction. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> and nerdy fiction at that, yeah. and really dopey fiction at times. You know, even even down from like, you know when we actually got together down to like the discovery that I was pregnant is like one of the funniest, most fictional things you could ever think of. And it's like, I just can't wait to really get this whole story out because when, you know, when you tell it on like wrestling podcast, you don't want it to be too gooey, you know, but in my book, I could be as gooey as I fucking want. And it's really gooey. (laughs) It's all about the, it's all about the baby. Literally and figuratively. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) As long as there are scratch and sniff pages in the in the oh my god, you all um today tonight the role of Jam will be played by Craig who will take it too far. He said that. Oh god, which complimentary because I'm I think like a dude, but really fucking sexist. (laughs) But it's my toy. 
I no, I know, and that's why it's like I'm cool with it. Okay, so uh, during the, the JCW Skin to Win bikini contest. Oh uh, lord. Oh yes. Which is a story in itself, both funny and horrible. Uh, okay. So uh, apparently everybody was behind the curtain to watch. This part is obviously I don't think behind it may not be in your book, so this is kind of a nice behind. The yeah, scene. no, this is yeah. I guess exclusive. Deleted scene. Because I didn't know that this was going on, so I didn't write about this particular part of my book. Um, okay. So, uh, behind the curtain, every single guy on roster was there to watch the bikini contest. Um, of namely, I hate to say it this way because it sounds so egotistical. Namely, to see me because I was the only girl on roster that wore the most clothing. Right. I was very modest when it mm-hmm. came to my experience. Well, at least they didn't throw out logic. So, I did throw, I'm in the thong bikini, playing it up, and then, now you cue. Uh, so, we're really good friends, so Solution is there, Pops Down in Havoc, a couple of the guys. Oh, God. <laughs> Diamond Diamond, a couple of them are there. But People that knew me since I was like 17 in training, too, by the way. What a fucking hodgepodge. Yeah. Dirty Ma- Don Montoya. Had the uh, had the line of the night. So all the boys, of course, were looking at me like, because she trained hardcore for it. Like, she died. It was like, whoa. She got super serious about it. But nevertheless, so all the boys, of course, look at me right away like, damn. And then Don Montoya just goes, this is not, this is, this is a rated R comment, probably even X1, folks, NC-17. Don Montoya goes, I just want to smell Damien's dick once. <laughs> We're all behind the curtain. He just—he doesn't even look at me. He's just look, look at the curtain. He goes, "I just watched the Bob Damien's dick once." Only once. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I we've mean, never told that story on any podcast, by the way. So I'm, you're welcome. And I'm going to be using wow. that as a promotion. I'm going to be using that as promotional yes. material. Most definitely. Now I know what, now I know what to read. <laughs> Now I know what to rename this podcast. Um, <laughs> I was the episode The episode was called Having a Plan, but I think I'm going to change it into Being Damien's Dick. You down with BDD? BDD, yeah, you know me. Yes, please. You know me. Back to you guys' questions, though. Oh, it, oh, we can talk. We can still talk to your wife. Thanks. Damn. Go, go uh, for it. Go for it. No, I don't want to take up too much because, like I said, I want I want to uh, have the ex- first of all. Thank you for making this damn to setting up this double secret uh, surprise so we can interview our favorite girl, uh, the one we love the most. We're both incredibly all three of us. I'm sorry. Um, incredibly yeah, I mean, you know, again, uh, like, proud of you. My thing was again. I like. I know the face she made, and I know she doesn't like being put in the center <laughs> and like that. But again, we have. Uh, you know, not every nerd heard listens to every podcast, but those that do listen here, I, I, you know, this is home, and this is our original community and our and our family here and like that. And we we only been talking about it for months and months and months and months, and everybody kind of knew. And heard that she had finished the first draft. I figured, you know, what better place than to bring it home and talk about it here on that last leg, of, well, on the next leg of the journey and yeah. everything like that. So, you know, it's oh. definitely a, it's a proud moment, you know, for all of us. Yeah. 
and everything. We're incredibly proud. Yeah, and this is just now all this hoopla you're getting now just for the first draft. When it's done, when it's got a public group, when it's got a hardcover, when it's got a cover on either side, when the pictures are in there, when you're about to go on tour, that's when this shit really starts to happen, okay? This is just phase one. This is this is your Captain America, the first Avenger. We haven't even got to Endgame yet, all right? So just tell you, with letting you know how, how incredibly um, behind you we are and just how much we believe in you. And we knew this day would come. Uh, first draft and all, but this is just the first step on a in a uh, great journey. And thank you for bringing us along with you, Miss Vargas. Yay! <laughs> that, that should get an all girly shot. <laughs> Dan, did you want to jump in with anything? No, I just wanted to say that uh, this is just preliminary, and as we get closer, there's going to be many, many, many more times where we'll be discussing this. Yes, and there's still yeah. so many things I could say about it, so don't feel like there's going to be a loss or anything. Oh, no, well, see, the thing is, the reason why I don't want to keep you asking my questions, because I want to read the fucking book. That's the thing. And then I want to ask you questions based on that. I mean, my questions right now are, you know, in the process. How would you, how did you deal with, you know, the process of, of making this and, and sticking to it, which I know is incredibly hard. And I don't mean to make this all about myself, but I did the same thing, and it's incredibly hard to talk about yourself mm-hmm. and to talk about your, your life and think and to have a point where it would connect with someone else who hasn't gone through. No one's gone through what you've gone through except you. Um, and trying to get something to connect with other people to, to get that, that's been, that was the hardest part for me at least. So thank you. I'm not a hot chick, so I want to know what, just like you're not a, 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 a single black man, so you don't know my story either. It's but, very presumptuous of you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, though, is what I'm trying to say, um, Foxy Fox. Oh. I, I don't know how to respond. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I say thank you. just be like, you're goddamn right, I'm the greatest bitch. Fucking yes. yes. I'm not don't good with the compliment thing, so yeah, it's yeah. like, thank you. That's, I, that's I'm going to keep on giving them to you. <laughs> well, you know, you could be the guy who broke his leg and stepped on it at the UFC this past weekend. Ouch. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Not only did he break I, it, I but he stepped on it. Like, it came on my feet. I'm like, no. Nope. I kept you going. Know, like, Damien, nope. Damien, he snaps his leg and steps back on it and bounces. And I was like, oh, that's fucking impressive. I can't believe I just watched that. Did they set and up a little funny <laughs> no, but the but but the but the, never mind. The, the 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 right guy got his chin knocked into the uh, nosebleeds at the end of that night. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I didn't even know what happened. I just read Dan's tweet. He stepped on his own broken leg. It's like I don't yeah. even want to know what that <laughs> no, means, it's, but it's, I know it's got something to do with the it, it does this. It does this, and then he steps back on it and bounces on the way down. I was like, ah, 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 I'm, I'm pretty. Ah. I'm, Still pretty dumbfounded. I was like, "That's impressive." I can't well, fucking believe it. Held as, as the worst injury like in MMA history. Period. I mean, because there yeah. was the who was the one that did it um, a couple years yeah, ago. This is not the first time. This is not the first time this has happened. Same strike. It was the same kind of strike. And this guy hit so hard. And this guy hit it so hard he broke both bones in the leg. I've seen the X-rays. That I've seen. I've seen the X-rays, and it's kind of like that. And I'm like, oh, "Well, have fun." This is worse than Sid. The Sid break in WCW is easy to kind of get by because he's wearing 
The long boots. Long boots. So you can't bags. see that it was a compound fracture. They actually call it yeah. something different now, but at the time it was called a compound fracture, where the bone goes through the skin and goes, hello. Um, so you couldn't you see anything. You couldn't yeah. see, I got, I got, I got Foxy on that one. You couldn't really <laughs> see anything except for him going, you know what makes me nervous? I'm not, not to be, I'm not trying to message you, Damien. It's not the, I've seen worse. It's not the snap of Sid's leg. It's the close-up with a camera that's facing him on the mat, and he yeah. it's not even that either. It's him bending down going, oh, my it. God, my leg, in slow yeah. motion while they're kicking him, and his foot dangles because great idea, guys. Everything's fine, morons. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Anyway. See what I did? I, I guys, I, we got off the compliments and, and just drove it right into a tree. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Huge. Anyway, mini puffs. <laughs> mini puffs ended on a cute note. Uh, or a, a dementedly cute one. Uh, Kelly's the one that pointed it out. Like when that ver- when that for original Ghostbusters came out, it was like nobody saw it before. The reveal was this this happy guy, and then it zooms in on. the and he's just destroying shit and just going, hey. So this little guy just pulling himself down further on the skewer, the one falling through the grill behind him, injected into my veins. Let's go. I don't even like marshmallows. Let's go. Amazing. Awesome. And on on that, do we have anything else on the docket, uh, Mr. Dragon? No, we no, do not. No, sir. That was it. Okay. Okay, well then, uh, this has been a a month long uh, journey into fun. We got to cover all the things that happened in the wonderful month of April. Uh, next month, of course, May the Fourth be with you. Uh, we'll be in a special Star Wars uh, mode, no doubt. I also wanted to l- let everyone know that today is National Superhero Day, but we're all heroes because we all have powers, just like we have the power to give. Uh, goodness and nerddom to all of you listening and watching. We have the power to compliment the shit out of Foxy Foxy for completing the first draft of her book, Tell Me Who I'm Supposed to Be. Uh, we have the power to watch or to not watch Mortal Kombat. Uh, same thing with Captain America and Winter Soldier. Uh, and uh, we also have the power to uh, be good to each other and to be kind to each other and to not infect each other uh with uh, mask wearing and social distancing and getting vaccinated. It's not a political statement. It's all about keeping us healthy and getting back to the life that we crave. Even if we want to go to see a shitty independent wrestling league, if Ugh. we all get vaccinated and wear our mask, we can do that. And I need to see Damien's fucking man case, so get fucking vaccinated, people. Yes, we need to do this show live when yes. we're all in the same room. In the goddamn so, same room with the cats. Exactly. And the kids making fun of me because I'm fat. Let's do it. That's what we need more than anything else. Seems so to always happen. To, so <laughs> to get vaccinated and wear a mask. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love the background, honey. I do. But where is Amber? Uh, Amber, uh, I've been taking pictures of her because she's right over here to the left. She doesn't travel well, so I thought we were going to space and she was out. And, uh, she gets why did she think anywhere? you were going to get a serious answer from him? I don't understand why. We... <laughs> I thought he was going to be serious for a second. I was like, oh, everything's fine. You, no. Yeah. 
I'm gonna. I'm, Fox, I'm sending you a, a picture of where what Amber is doing right now. Okay, so you'll know why she's not joining us. But um, yes, uh, this is. Um, premi- you made a premiere uh, today, Fox, of your of unveiling, unbeknownst to you, the first edition of your book. Tell me who I'm supposed to be. This is the debut of my new green screen. I'm. I bought it specifically for uh, podcasting. I'm seeing it. You guys are seeing it for the first time, but it will be uh, in effect uh, starting May 14th, Friday, May 14th, because that will be the re-debut, the return of Comic Book Guru's podcast, uh, the video version starring me and Steve Morrison from WMMR's Preston and Steve. So I'm debuting it here on Nerd Herders. You guys get it first. Yes. So, uh, thank you for indulging me, and thank you for uh, letting me uh, come to you from the vast reaches of outer space. And you can follow me, if you so choose, on Facebook, Instagram, and while Dan one-ups me, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter, at Craig Legon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. And as we mentioned earlier, I have the Comic Book Gurus podcast Facebook page. Uh, Give us a like or follow. And the same thing on Twitter. Follow us at Comic Book Gurus. <laughs> Dad, take it away. You can, you can follow me. You can follow me. <laughs> That's your virtual background. Here, let's show everybody. Do that again, guys. <laughs> we went. We went nerd herders You can do it too. You guys can do it. You got Zoom. It's easy. I don't have a I don't have a blue screen. I just have the cardinal. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. Right over my shoulder is the cardinal. Follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83. And oh yeah, me. Okay, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. And Facebook at Viva Foxy Foxy. That is F O X Y F O X X Y. And you can join Patreon.com slash Foxy Foxy to check out a butt ton of incentives that are little pieces that coincide with my book like videos, deleted scenes, soundtracks, and more. But, uh, okay, of course, is the uh, keep up with other news that we have not mentioned and everything like that. Uh, on, of course, on the Nerd Herders Facebook page. Um, you can also, I, you can also follow me at dvargus802 on YouTube and Instagram. And of course, if you're ever interested in locals of the New Jersey area where I happen to teach, you, uh, Shotokai on Facebook and u.s. underscore Shotokai on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> Oh, well, in, in case I didn't mention <laughs> before, uh, Dan, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, hey, you're my nerd herder, man. You're mine. <laughs> hey, Dave. Yes, sir. Uh, you're my nerd herder, my personal nerd herder. And you, sir, are my black belt nerd herder. I thought that was ah! going to go somewhere else. Me too. Ready had the race car from without my sleeve. I was ready, ready to play. I was ready to shut this stream yeah. down. <laughs> Craig, you got the glow. You got the glow. Show no. Uh, ah. <laughs> Double V. 
you, my sweet, amazing, talented, literate lady. You're my nerd herder. Aw, you're my nerd herder. Bless <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and watching, all of you and everyone who uh, who uh, tweeted or messaged us. Thank you for staying with us, with us for all this. We'll see you uh, in a month's time uh, for a May the Force Be With You episode. Dan, do you have one more thing? No, I was saying everybody peace. Oh, oh! I thought he was giving his two fingers to do something else. Uh, thank, you. thank you for everyone. <laughs> thank you for everyone listening. Thank you for everyone watching. Uh, and we'll see you again next month. This is the Nerd Herders, and the pleasure has been all yours. And if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Hito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Richard Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls, and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, 
and wrestling, check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.